0: <coughs> what are you doing? I'm sorry, I just cleared my throat. <laughs> no, we should have just kept going. That would have been great.
1: Well, he could he would have dropped that part out anyway. Like this right huh? now. Kind of- Alrighty, hey everybody. Welcome back to another episode of
0: The, the Yamcast. Cash.
1: So I'm Chris.
0: And I am Erica. And
1: we are ready just to solve the world's problems today.
0: Buckle up, it's happening.
1: We like talking to young adults and young adult leaders, Uh, but we're really just making this podcast because we want to talk about the Bible and help people make sense of it all.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you want to contact us, if you have questions about our thoughts and opinions, you can find us on the socials at YAMCAST or The YAMCAST, or you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com.
1: Thorough. So... We are ready just to talk. Call this a little fireside chat.
0: Yeah, except for it's real warm still, so you might not be sitting by a fire.
1: Freezer side chat.
0: Or maybe it's at like night. Have
1: you ever done that when you were a kid? You just it was Sit so hot, you walked over to the freezer and you opened it up and stuck your head in it for uh-huh. a minute. Yep. I kind of imagine that's what we're doing right now.
0: Lovely Midwest freezer summer. side chat. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah, it is hot. It is humid. Uh, a hurricane just decimated most of the south.
0: Yeah, Louisiana is feeling that. Uh,
1: about a week before that, there was a tremendous amount of rain in Tennessee. Lots of that flooding. washed basically entire towns away.
0: I know. I just watched a video of a house just going yeah. with the flow.
1: There were fires in Canada and Wyoming, Montana, California to the point where it was covering Ash down here in Mm. Illinois, right, and it smelled Mm -hmm. like fires in the morning. So that's good. Uh, Then add that to an earthquake in Haiti that we talked about Mm -hmm. in a previous episode, and uh, you add that to just the you know the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic.
0: Yeah, that is never ending.
1: And we're in the middle of a of a political situation in our country here in America where no one's happy.
0: Yeah, that's. Yeah. And there's mm. and, and
1: in fairness, there's not really a reason for anyone to be happy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Either side. Everybody's angry. hmm. Then we add that to, you know, a, quite a few months of uh, significant racial tension.
0: That has been going on for a while. To
1: go along with uh, various economic disasters that are happening. Inflation that's a bit out of control.
0: So if you haven't noticed, this is going to be a real upper for you.
1: <laughs> 25% of all of the money ever created has happened in the last 18 months while most oh, people weren't working. That's not good. No, it's called... It, it, I mean, it's it's inflation. Like yeah. We, we've we just dumped money into problems that exist.
0: And we, we kind of think, I feel like, in America, because I feel as though our politicians do this, where they're just... They throw the money, and then we just think, oh, well, that... That's like free money. You know what I mean? Like, we don't we don't question where that money actually comes from. Totally. And um, yeah. a lot of times it comes actually f- from us.
1: It No, it is us. Like, there's really nowhere else for it to come from.
0: Well, we just go into debt, too. Well, that's I what mean, I'm saying. Who yeah. are we
1: in debt to? We're in debt to ourselves. ourselves like, we're going to have to pay right. it yeah. off eventually. Like, eventually taxes are going to either be raised or something else is going to happen where we are paying this back. But we don't think about it that way. No. You know, when people say to me, oh, the vaccine's free. No, we, we bought hundreds of millions of vials uh, from our own tax coffers. So it's coming to you.
0: But we also want right now, right? We're instant gratification. Yeah. We, want, we don't necessarily think about down the road. We just think about right now. And right now, that sounds great. It does. So let's do it. Give me more. And then your grandchildren are like, why'd you do that?
1: Your grandchildren are speaking another language because America no longer exists. <laughs> oh, so here's our topic today. <laughs> our topic today is talking to you, young adults, and young adult leaders, and you know, campus group coordinators, and whoever else is listening to this thing. We're just talking about what do you do when it feels like the world has gone mad. Like that's really what we're going to start, mm-hmm. and then we'll see where this the rest of this goes. But if you heard all of that and the angst. We, we, I, I wouldn't say that I'm really angst-driven.
0: No, but it kind of brings a little bit of unrest to you, you know, and and uncertainty, and maybe slightly little fear. Yeah, of all of those things that are happening.
1: Right, and part of fear is that we just don't, we don't even know what to perceive next. You know what I mean? if If you really think about it, being afraid works because you don't know what's around the corner. You know, like haunted houses work because yeah. you're walking across something and then all of a sudden a light shines and you realize the floor was made out of plexiglass and there's a clown underneath your feet that you didn't know was there the whole time and you freak out. And that's out freaky. And you pee yourself. Or whatever. <laughs> that's
0: like jokes on you, yeah, clown. <laughs> yeah.
1: Take that, clown. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. So, you know, if you think about it, the really fear is just being nervous about what's around the corner.
0: It is. And it's just the unknown. Yeah.
1: And right now we have no idea what's around the corner. You know? Yeah. Like, like we were just talking right before we went on the air, if this was, what, <laughs> I don't know what, what I don't know what we call before this Before we started thing. recording. Yeah. There's yeah. not like a, but I'm saying there's not like an on air thing. There should, we should make one of We those.
0: should. That'd be nice. Tell
1: everybody what's up. But you know, right before we went on, we were just talking, you know, the, the coronavirus, I think there was a sense of hope this summer in most people because, and, and please understand all I'm saying here is just things to think about. Okay. Vaccination rates were going up in a lot of the, the civilized countries mm-hmm. in the world. And so I think those civilized countries thought, hey, we're getting ahead of we're this. Thing. Out of we're this. finally going to make this work. Mm-hmm. You know, mask mandates were dropping. People were living a normal life. People were talking about concerts again and Summerfest and Lollapalooza mm-hmm. happened. And everyone was like, yeah, here we go, normalcy. And then, uh, you know, Israel right now, one of the most vaccinated countries in the world, has. Officially spiked higher than they did when they previously had a Mm. a crisis. And the United States is, you know, some of the states that didn't get hit as hard at the beginning of this thing are now getting hit really hard. And everyone's, and and I wouldn't say panicking, but we're close. And I think most epidemiologists that I've talked to or heard from or read have said, it's not going away. This is, we're going to keep having variants. Uh, There was no way to vaccinate the whole world fast enough. And, And that's even to suggest that the vaccine would have done that, which I, some, yeah. are, some are some starting to suggest maybe that would have never really been the case. You know, who, who knows? Like, who... Yeah. And, and so here's how I feel, just to, like, break it down. I feel like right now, what I'm feeling as I look around is we are throwing everything we have at everything that's going on And it just feels like Ecclesiastes. (laughs) It just feels like we are striving after the wind. You know, Mm -hmm. we are, we have, look at how great we are as human beings and we just are throwing as much as we possibly can. And it's like when you, when the camera backs away and you know, you're, you're dumping Buckets of water, and you're like, "Yeah, look at me!" And then you, the camera backs away, and you realize
0: it's the ocean.
1: Yeah, or a volcano. Like what are you, doing? you know, yeah. like you're you're dumping water into a volcano that's that's erupting, and the water just evaporates instantaneously. And you're like, doesn't
0: even touch it. And you're like, oh.
1: to which then I go, maybe, just maybe, the only way out of this thing is is somebody else. Mm. That's so that's where I'm at. Where are you at? How are you feeling?
0: Well, so I, yeah, I mean cuz thinking even of of young adults yeah. cuz I'll get to myself in a minute but thinking of young adults to be real i mean you've gone through some hardships yep. in this world like just what's happening in the world yep. um but a lot of you don't remember 911 or weren't alive right like and that's kind of like our last i would say big earth-shattering thing for americans right right, right. and so think things have been kind of coasting and they've been kind of good. And so then we get into this place where we're like, we get security from all these other things, right? And we get security from our government being good and jobs being fine. Like we just get security from a lot of things because it's secure at that moment. And so then when things aren't, and a lot of things aren't, then we kind of, that's when we start to freak out and we start to question, which questioning isn't necessarily wrong. But that's also when I think like, I know mental health has become a huge thing. And it and we do need to be aware of those things um, because your mental health, it directs every part of your body. Like your brain is very important, right? So, um, but I think we now have come to realize that you can't, you don't have security in anything in this world. Like right. there is nothing that is going to fully always be secure. It might be secure for a period of time and it might be secure for... A moment but it's not going to be there and be something you can solidly stand on for your entire life and as you kind of alluded to like there's someone that can you know get us out but which i know you're alluding to to god being that right and my yeah. thing is too is i would
1: hope that's who i'm yeah talking
0: about. i'm yeah. like um who bill gates
1: <laughs> no
0: um but my thing is too is like This should help us to realize that nothing is secure. Nothing is certain in this world. Cling to the thing that is secure and that is certain and that would be God. Like he Mm -hmm. is never changing. He's always there. Um, But also understanding like going back to Ecclesiastes, nothing is new under the sun. No. Like the same things happen and then Maybe for a couple hundred years go by, and then the same things happen again. Like, they just might be called something different, you know? But it's literally the same things. And God's not surprised by any of that, right? And so we might be surprised, but that's also why we cling to God. Not only is he always there, always certain, always stable, always secure. He knows. So, like, why would I not cling to that? Like, he knows I don't. Let's cling to the one that knows, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... That's part of why, because even a year and a half ago when we started this podcast, I looked around the world and was like, I bet you young adults are sitting there going, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. what is going on? Like, this is crazy. And that's why we started with judges. Yep. Because we were like, we want you to know that the world's always been, as we talked about before, been a dumpster fire. Yeah. Just sometimes it's a blaze and sometimes it's just embers that are waiting to be ignited again. Like... Mm -hmm. But God is not surprised, and he is always sovereign. And reading through the Bible just lets you know that he even uses this craziness to still bring about his plans. So, like, that should give you hope. And I think that's the thing that we want throughout this whole whole thing. Whenever something's uncertain is you want hope, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I think the, you know, the key element of that that I, I think about a lot is this isn't the way God created this place. Yeah. Now, I don't want to say it's not what God intended because that that leads us into a really murky place of...
0: Plan Bs. What do you you mean
1: God didn't know what was going to happen? I got surprised, yeah. But this isn't what God created. But he is working all things together to the good of those who love him. So ultimately, his purposes will be accomplished. I think the question that a lot of Christians are asking right now, and it's a valid one, is how how long is this going to take? But even when we think that way... Folks, like, just to be real for a minute here, you're not that important in the grand scheme of history. And I don't mean that to be like, you should be depressed and a feel terrible about you yourself. Yeah. No, but we are, we're not even in the worst years that have ever happened. I mean, that, uh, you know, the 1300s in Europe, millions of people was died. Saying, is that the bubonic? The, yeah, the yeah, bubonic like, plague. That was like, bad. People were carrying dead bodies out of the city and dumping them. Nobody could keep up. It was just like mass graves everywhere and everyone's dying and rats are everywhere and feces are everywhere. It just like everything smelled worse, looked worse. It was terrible. And then you're like, oh, well, yeah, that's really, really bad. Like, yeah, it's bad right now. It And, it, and I don't know that it's going to be good for a while, but it doesn't mean that this isn't the worst thing that we've ever experienced. You know, even as you read through the Bible, like Judges was – That was pretty bad. Most of the world was doing some really, really gross things, and Israel was just dropped in the middle of all that, and they're struggling through that as well. You know, you look at Hosea, what we've been going through. Like, Hosea is a message to the Israelites. This is going to go really badly for you. And so part of what I'm settling in, and, you know, coming off sabbatical, this has been good for me because I got a chance to rest. I got a chance to think. I got a chance to listen to some new podcasts and some new people and i've got some new voices in my life that are uh beneficial to me in a number of ways i've also got all the other voices that i still had you know and i still Mm -hmm. um but i came out of the the sabbatical refreshed energized and i say ready for a fight but i don't mean it like i'm not trying to like beat people up or anything or i'm not even trying to like pick fights being
0: instigated yeah it's
1: just more that i don't feel as reactive as i did Near the end of last year, into the mm. beginning of the year, uh, I was tired. I was worn out. Ministry had, you know, I'd never had a sabbatical in what, 18 years of full time ministry.
0: Well, and you guys are truly making lots of decisions. Like, what do they call it? Decision fatigue or that's, something? Like,
1: anybody who's in charge of an organization right now, that's as where you we're at. Talked about yep. nobody
0: ever being happy. It's the same thing within the church. Yeah. There are people that are upset on whatever decision that you make. And that is exhausting.
1: And part of that's because you're trying to hold on to the old. And you're trying to set a course for what the new might look like, but you don't even know what the new is going to look like. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like the new might have elements of the old, but it, it can't. Like there's, there's parts of this that just can never be the same. So for me, for example, like this isn't even the worst possible pandemic that could hit at some point, you know, like, I don't mean this in a doom and gloom way, but part of me is wondering what's next. Like mm-hmm. when, when will the next pandemic come and will it be worse than this one? And if it is, then as a leader of an organization like the church, I don't feel comfortable leading a church our size in the manner that we've always led our church. Yeah. Because let, you know, we leave all the statistics aside of the death toll and all that stuff. Like coronavirus, is, COVID-19 is real. There's something about it that is real. sars COVID 2 like this this thing is real. It's not as deadly as it could have been or maybe as they thought it was going to be in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But we've also only had like, 10% of the people in the entire world actually get this thing. Hmm. So we're not even close to like watching the full fallout of this thing. And it, it could it could end up being one of the most deadly things that's ever hit the planet. Not per capita because we have a ton more people than we've ever had. Mm-hmm. But you know, we, we might eclipse that 50 million death toll that came from Spanish flu. Or we might go past the bubonic plague. Uh, but it will feel less severe because we have so many more people in the world. And it's just kind of like uh. and I think also we have such long life expectancy today that when certain individuals pass away, there's a part of our heart, the dark part of our heart, that says, "Well, they sh- they were going to die soon anyway."
0: They're, yeah, and it's
1: really sad that we're even in that spot. Yeah. So part of me just wants to mourn the reality of the pandemic. Part of me also wants to mourn the fact that this may not even be as bad as it's going to be. And is the church prepared for something that's worse?
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: like let's say like an Ebola type virus becomes airborne yeah. instead of blood. It, like Ebola is a blood disease, so you you know you can lock down the village that it's in. And just let everybody sort of settle it out. And then when you pick up the bodies and 50, it's like a 50% kill rate, mm-hmm. Ebola is. So let's say that you, like an Ebola type virus becomes airborne. Yeah. And you're talking 50 or, you know, 40 to 50%. That changes That's right. Like that changes the, everything drastically. And then you go, well, then I wouldn't feel comfortable having 300 people in a, in a congregation service Mm-mm. singing. You know what I'm saying? And then you go, well, if we did it online at that point, what's the fallout? Like, yeah, these are valid. Qu-. Like that's, that to me, that's... The, the, the question that I want to ask is like, what does it look like? So we're trying to like get to that first. Then on top of that, we've got all these policies that we're trying to follow. And then we've got policies that are coming upon policies upon policies right now, because people are going, well, what's, what should we do about this as far as COVID goes? And you go, okay, well, here's the blanket statement. And then like, what about this group? Well, okay, mm, I get yeah. it. Like, maybe we need to think about that yeah. differently, you know, or what about this group that doesn't like this or doesn't like this? Okay. We need to think about that. And the next thing you know, you're making 20 decisions in a day that are potentially climbing over each other. And you're like, this is ridiculous. So all that to say, putting all of that aside, I'm coming out of sabbatical and I'm looking at it. And here's my, my thought process right now. I don't know what we've got, but I'm trusting that God's going to use this to make us the new us.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: And so part of what I need to, to consider As in
0: Christians, you mean, right? Or Christ or just people, I, I think the whole world okay. potentially
1: okay. I, I'm meeting people who are hungry for God right now and this is probably true for young adults this might be true you know if you're a college leader right now and you're you know you're running a campus ministry and you're trying to figure out you know your campus is way different than it was 3 years ago and mm-hmm. you're like I don't even know how to deal with this part of what i'm asking is god what are you doing with me and then what are you doing with the rest of the world and what what are you what are you burning off in me my bad attitude my bad thoughts mm-hmm. my bad processes whatever that is what are you trying to remove from me and then guide me to the next spot so i'm ready for the next thing whatever that is and then on top of that, make me open to what you're doing. Like, if people are freaking out about life and death, but they don't want to come talk to me because they think every white evangelical is a, is a mm. massive Christian nationalist yeah. white, white supremacist, I, I would love to help you redirect that whole conversation and realize, oh, we've been painted with a brush that maybe isn't even close to who we really are. That's not to say that, that I don't lean conservative. You know what I'm saying? Like in most things I I probably do just because I I have a general distrust for authority figures. So I like less government than more. But the ironic thing is you you have to pick a government official to run a government. So then you're like, what am I going to do? And like, but I didn't like a lot of the things that were happening the last four years. And I'm not loving a lot of what's happening now. So I'm I'm stuck in this place of like, I don't really know what that means. Mm -hmm. And it's refreshing, I think, when I see a 20-something come to me and say, what are your thoughts on this? And I explained that thought that I just gave. They're like, mm. oh, that's refreshing. And I'm like, well, Jesus is my answer, not the Republican Party, not the Democratic Party. It's or okay
0: whatever. to be, you don't have to pick a side.
1: I think if you're really honest you know? with yourself, both sides are going to fail you. Yeah. The problem is we do have to pick something. Yes. Whether it's one of the sides or whether it's someone else. And this is another, so this is the next part that I was going to get to is the problem with decision-making is you have to make a decision.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can't just be like, well, everything's going to be fine. But when you make a decision, it comes through the, the people's mindset as a yes or mm. no. It, you know, I sent out an email to our church through last week. It's picked. a binary. Yeah. It, it becomes a binary thing. Did you decide yes or did you decide no on that? And I'm going, it's not really a yes or no, but I do have to make a decision at the end of the day. So whether someone's overstepping their bounds as a governor or or a president or whatever— I have to decide as a church leader whether I'm going to obey all of those things. And I'm also holding in the Bible, Romans 13 telling me, obey my authorities. Mm-hmm. And I'm also holding in in my understanding the, the entire narrative of the Bible that says, be very careful with power structures because they're never going to accomplish what God's trying to accomplish.
0: Well, and like truth, you know, like totally. there also is that element of yeah. right and wrong. And yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and, and what's honest and what's not. Mm-hmm. And in the end of the day, I I pretty much distrust most of the things that are coming out of people's mouth, even if they say, you know, I'm the most honest governor or president you've ever heard. Like, I'm like.
0: If you have to say it. I don't
1: think that's possible because.
0: (laughs) To get where you are. If I ask you a question
1: point blank, there's a really good chance that you can't tell me all the information because you don't want to cause a, a massive panic.
0: Which is understandable. Totally. You know? Yeah.
1: Totally. It's just like when. When we're making decisions here right now and we're looking at our services and we're looking at our ministries and we're looking at just meeting with people and talking with people, even us having the podcast last year, like we were asking really difficult questions of each other through text message like, "Are we? do we feel safe to go in the booth and record? Mm-hmm. Like, what if you catch COVID and, and we record and then I catch COVID and, and I actually end up having a really bad case of it? Mm-hmm. Would you feel super guilty about that? And what that's... And in the middle of all this, all we've done is create a ton of fear. Mm-hmm. Everybody's scared of everything. Everybody's scared of each other. To which then I back up and I go, if, if that's that, that's not what the Bible's asking us to do, right? The Bible keeps saying, fear not, fear not, fear not. Trust me. Walk with me. Trust me. That doesn't mean that we go out and be willy-nilly, right? I just love that phrase, so I like saying willy-nilly. it as much as I can. We don't do whatever we're going to do, but we just, we trust the Lord and we go, all right, I'm going to trust you to lead me and guide me in these decisions. Mm-hmm. And as I make a decision, I'm, I'm going to fear not. But I'm also going to try to paint the nuance that's going on in the world today. Uh, And as things are falling apart, I'm going to just choose to be as honest and as careful and as much as I possibly can be. But in the middle of of it all, when the world goes mad, my ultimate responsibility is to trust the Lord and to fear not. And then to meet him where he's working, which is what I'm trying to do right now. So what what about you? Like, what are you...
0: So I... I'm very careful about what I'm putting in to my mind, right? So, and I think I've we've talked about this before. Um, I only follow a very select amount of news things on Instagram. I I think I might only not all. On, I mean, I do smart her news, okay, because she legitimately only ever, I, I I don't see any bias. I mean, granted, we are human, so I think we always have a little bit in there. Sure, yeah. But she is very fact-driven. She's trying her best to be yes, fact-driven. Yes, yeah. yeah, and that is one thing that she, that's like her platform she stands on. It's sure. like, and so you don't know where she stands, you don't know who she supports, you know, like you don't know any of those things, which is how it should be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, But also just, I mean, I don't want to be ignorant either. So I'm not going to completely shy away from everything, but also I have, I have control over what I put in my mind. And if following so-and-so just makes me mad in every single time, then why are you going to continue to let that take up space? Right? Like don't let those things take up space. We already have enough things in our life that make us angry or sad or whatever. Um, And so, and as I said, I'm not burying my head in the sand, but you can follow maybe one of those accounts. You don't need to follow 10. So then you're literally for half an hour seeing all of the things, you know, like that's a lot of time to be spending in that, in that space. So that's one thing that I've kind of done to alleviate. Like I'm, we've talked about Enneagram before, like I'm a four. So I already am slightly emotional and I do already take, shouldn't say emotional, I feel things deeply and empathetic. Yes. And I take other people's things on as my own often. And I've made some boundaries and, and strides in that area, but like, then I know that I can't do that stuff. Like I can't have that. I need to have light and fluffy sometimes in my feed. I need to have watch the dumb reels. I need to, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but also, I think I've just come to a place, too, where... And it is hard to know the balance, but, like, where I just know that things here can't save us. No leader is going to be able to save us. And so I'm not putting weight on any sort of leader to get us out of fill-in-the-blank. Like, it's just not going to happen. So, I mean, I will listen to what they have to say. I respect them. Like, they are an authority. But I also... Don't expect them to fix everything. Like, it's not going to happen.
1: Which I think is the historical Christian worldview. And that's the worldview we're supposed to have. hmm Right? I mean, our king already exists. He's already done his job. That's it. Yeah. I don't need anybody else. Now, we operate in a world that the disciples would have never conceived of. That you and I actually have a vote as to who our president is going to be. Yeah, very true. Like That's insane. They just had people
0: over them. Yeah. They had no and, say.
1: And if, you know, if the emperor had a kid that was a crazy tyrant who wanted to kill everybody, that guy's in charge eventually. It,
0: it is. It's. And
1: so then Paul has the audacity in Romans 13 to tell us, obey your authorities. They were put there by God, and you can trust them. Wow. But then one of the things I struggle with, just to be real, and that's what we're doing in this, this mm-hmm. conversation, is I actually do have a bit of a say and I don't really like where our politicians <laughs> yeah. push things a lot. So then I'm left in this place, again, back to that that decision. I have to weigh it and go, what's the best thing for me? What's the best thing for our congregation? What's the best thing for the outsiders looking in on us?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in the end of the day, a, a decision has to be made that's going to come out as a binary decision. Yeah. But it's not really what the inputs that I'm putting in, if we're talking computer language here, It's not as binary as people would like it to be. It's much more complex. So in the midst of this complex world, I think a shift is happening, and I think the world that we live in is going to be vastly different a few years from now than it is right now. And I think 10 years from now, we're going to be in in an entirely different, Mm -hmm. you know, looking at it from history perspective, modernism died as it as postmodernism. Like the end of modernism was postmodernism is like the, the end of the whole thing. You know, modernism was constructing, postmodernism was deconstructing that. And most scholars have said postmodernism is probably just the end of modernism. Like when you build and you realize it didn't do what you thought it was going to do, the the next move is to deconstruct it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You yeah. can build big buildings and be super excited about it. And then you think that the world's becoming a massive utopia and then two world wars happen and you're like Oh, Oh, maybe it's not a utopia. So within 20 years of that, you have the postmodern movement beginning and this conversation that's starting. Now we're in such a complex, difficult world that a major factor like what we're in right now upsets the entire apple cart or whatever illustration you want to use Mm -hmm. here. And stuff's flying everywhere. What we grab onto and create next is going to be a different version Mm, of us than what we are right now. And... So back to the beginning of this conversation that could cause fear or we can trust the Lord and go, all right, make me a voice in that next version of us, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. You know, if my kids are growing up in this, it could be very, I could be afraid of the world they're going to grow up in, right? Or the world that they're going to bring their children into. Mm -hmm. Or I can say, no, I trust God's sovereignty to know that I was born at this time to speak into this in this way. And my kids also were born in God's sovereignty at this at time. This time yep. They're unique. They are amazing. They have amazing potential and possibility. My prayer is that they walk with Jesus and they navigate these waters that we have no idea what's next. That's a better place for all of us to live than where a lot of us are living right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen this thing that's been circulating, um, that Martin Luther wrote during yeah. the bubonic? So, do you have it right there? I do. Go ahead, I mean, it. I always, I always wonder if these things are actually truly. This one is. It is okay because yep. I know people will throw out C.S. Lewis's name often, and I'm like.
1: Whole, I like, don't know if that's right. The whole demons creating... <laughs> I don't know if
0: that's true either. ...the
1: hospital visits and all that. Like, that was not really a quote from his so book. So, yeah.
0: you always want to make sure that they're legit. But even if this wasn't legit, I think it's how we should be viewing this anyway. Like, I it, I, j- I still think that it is right and true. a lot Even if wisdom. it's not... Yep. Yeah, Martin Luther that him. wrote it. He definitely did say okay, it. Okay, good. So, this is what he said during the bubonic plague, and we already touched on that and how... It was bad. Like, I mean, just go read up on it if you don't really know what it was like because <laughs> because it's it doesn't even compare to what we're experiencing like no. it's it's crazy so this is what he said he said i shall ask god mercifully to protect us then i will fumigate purify the air administer medicine and take medicine i shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed In order to not become contaminated and thus perchance inflict and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me. But I have done what he has expected of me and so I am not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person but will go freely. This is a God-fearing faith because it is neither brash nor foolhardy and does not tempt God. I just love that because he's like, yeah, I'm going to pray about it, but I'm also going to, like, we have things here that can make it less, right? Like, he's like, I'm going to purify the air. I'm going to take my medicine like I'm supposed to. I'm going to avoid places where, I love that he says, where my presence is not needed because I think sometimes we just, We don't really think like that. We just go because we want to. Um, He's like, so that I don't get contaminated and then maybe contaminate somebody else and then they end up dying. He's like, if I die, that's fine, but I don't want to be the result of somebody else dying. You know. Um, But I love what he says, but if my neighbor needs me, I'll go help them. Mm -hmm. Basically saying, again, if I die from this, then I die. But if my neighbor who has it needs me, I'm going to go help them. Sacrificing my own health in the like, and I just am like, that's beautiful. Like that's how it should be. Like this is a God fearing faith. Like I just, mm-hmm. I'm like that's as Christians. Yes, that should be. We yes, we pray about it, but we're also not going to just throw caution to the wind. You know.
1: Yes, and I think we. I've talked about this with a number of people, people who are pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, pro vaccine, anti vaccine, pro. Ivermectin, anti-Ivermectin, like there's, there's craziness out there and people are jumping to massive conclusions. My advice all the time right now is pray about it, seek peace. And if the spirit leads you to do X, Y, or Z, you follow the spirit's guidance in that. I honestly believe that some individuals might come to a different conclusion than someone else. And the Spirit can lead people in different directions on this, Mm -hmm. and that's totally fine. If you're not doing something or you are doing something out of fear, that is not a good place to be right now.
0: That's not where God asks you to be. No.
1: And we know more about science than Martin Luther did. Mm -hmm. We understand more. We also know that being in good shape, we know that vitamins are a valuable thing. What you eat
0: is important. We know that what you
1: eat, we know that what you you do to build your immune system, all of those things are valuable. And so you do as you feel led to do and then love the people around you that are maybe choosing different but always be available to your neighbor and make decisions that are wise based on on what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of where I'm at mm-hmm. it, with so much of this. And so there's people that are just freaking out about everything right now. And it just, just, I think ties it up well with that quote too, like Mm -hmm. do what the Lord leads you to do. And at the end of the day, when the Lord leads you to do X, Y, or Z, just trust him in that and walk through it. And also understand that your decision might change as say something's around for long enough yeah, and side effects maybe aren't as bad as they are. And there, I know specifically I'm talking about a vaccine, but it, it also could be some medical treatment that's coming out that we don't even know about yet. Or, Something else. New
0: information comes, you reassess. You should. Yeah. Don't just stick your
1: And and Christians don't need to be afraid of doing some scientific research of their own. And at the same time, we shouldn't be espousing craziness that just makes everything way worse, you know? Um,
0: We should be trying to bring peace where we come. and And it should be a lot about love, too. I think we've become so much about the issues and not about loving people. We're right. standing on issues rather than, right. as Carlos Whitaker says, that rather than standing with people. Right.
1: Well, and I think love and, and even what we do, the definition might be different for different people. And even that's a difficult thing to kind of walk through and deal with, right? Because, you know, I've had people say the most loving thing is to see your face. So a mask isn't really helping me do that. And so that's not the most loving thing. You know what I'm saying? Or someone might say the most loving thing is to get a vaccine because that's the best option for it's saving everybody around me. Well, first of all, science never said that was true. So like you need to be a little bit careful with what you're saying and what you're doing. And just because someone does something or doesn't do something doesn't mean that they're immediately unloving in some way. So we need you just choose kindness. We should be so loving that the world goes, "Man, I want I want to be like that."
0: Like they don't agree with me. But that's not the point, right? Like right. you know, and that that's what I think Yeah.
1: Which is really what like we Like we don't agree to,
0: together, but like we're still great together, you know? And I think that's the point, you know.
1: Which is what we talked about in Philippians. Like when we like all these books are fitting together for a reason. It's like it's kinda like we we're kinda like praying and asking the Lord to lead us and then we coming to conclusions and we do it. So we did Philippians, we did Philemon, you know, or sorry, Colossians, Colossians and Philemon. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just the PH. Uh You look at Colossians and Philemon and you just say, okay, what's going on there is God is taking two vastly different people groups, the Jews and the Gentiles, and he's asking them to live in harmony with one another. And that's going to be the best vision for the rest of the world of what the church is supposed Mm. to be. Brothers and sisters, like, there's no better word for us right now than that. Like, let's be those people so that, like I said, five years from now, 10 years from now, as all of the dust settles and this thing starts to change, which by the way, I think based on the numbers, we're going to be looking at a four or five year pandemic. Mm. Like this is going to take a while for it to, sh- to settle out. I think everybody thought we were done this summer and now it's spiking. We had a
0: little bit of, you know, it's going to drop. again. But. It's going to
1: drop and everything's going to be great again for a while. And then it's going to spike again and everyone's going to have to deal with the consequences of that.
0: But we also don't need to freak out. Yes. We don't need to freak out.
1: And as the dust settles, I would rather be the type of people that the world is saying, I want to be like those people. Rather than I want nothing to do with those people. Yeah. And I, I feel like we're on that wire right now.
0: Yeah, you're just talking about the Colossians of Philemon and bringing those people. Like, it should be about unity, but unity does not mean that we are all the same and all think the same and right. all like that's not what that means. But we should be about creating unity and not division. And so, mm-hmm. a lot of the things that are creating division right now are not important. Like, they're not that important. Right. And so, I just think we need to really be thinking about what is important, you know?
1: That sounds pretty biblical to me. Mm-hmm. A lot.
0: All right, well, we hope you enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. It was slightly random, but we've enjoyed it. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the YAMCast. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember to check us out on all the socials like Instagram at the YAMCast. We love to hear back from you guys, so please leave us a comment or a review, and we might even send you guys a
1: sticker. Also, if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com. You really thought I was going to fix that intro, Chris, didn't you?